morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all Eagle family and the extended Eagle family. If you're in town visiting, friends and family here, welcome. So glad you're here that you'd spend Christmas Eve morning with us. This is kind of old school church day. We're going to get together in the morning and we're going to get together in the evening, right? Some of you remember Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's just how you rolled back then, right? And so it's good to be together. And I want to give you a little window into the ways you, as an Eagle family, have been serving and helping and blessing others. You're bringing the light and the hope of Jesus to people in really tangible ways this whole month. So here's some pictures. Going to scroll up here. Um, you may remember we had a, a kind of a whole adoption of families, and we received gift cards, and we are blessing our missions partners. The first group you're going to see up here is the Youth for Christ Parent Life. So, so many of you help uh, fill up what's called a baby boutique, where it's a ministry to single moms, and uh, we partner with that, and Lacey Turnquist helps facilitate all these partnerships, and she was letting me know that the, the moms really enjoy being able to go to the baby boutique and get all the basic supplies and needs, that's what the pictures are, and then you may see a young lady here holding up a Bible. The other thing we're able to purchase is a bunch of Bibles. Some of the young moms have been inquiring about spiritual questions, so they were getting a bunch of physical supplies, they got some Bibles, they got some Kroger gift cards to just meet the basic needs, and I hope you see the, the smiles of the moms and the kids' faces there. So that's our Youth for Christ Parent Life Partnership. And then many of you adopted a family. You remember the tree that was out in the atrium earlier this month and you grabbed the name of a child or a family off of that tree with our partner with Migros Aid. That's the ministry to refugees in our city. And you'll see some images up here. Thank you for everyone who adopted those families and blessed those kids with gifts. And they were families and kids that are part of what's called Migros Academy. And so these kids have been going a regular tutoring process, and they had a big Christmas party this week. That's some of the pictures seeing there. They got a certificate along with all the gifts and food and all those things, and it was just a great celebration of an accomplishment, and they got some tangible ways that you helped bless those refugee families. And then in addition, because of your generosity to the overall ministry of Eagle, we were able to take some monies out of the missions fund and buy 160 coats and gloves and hats for a bunch of kids, so thank you to every, all of you who continue to give, because every dollar you give, 11% goes to missions, and because you've been generous all year, we have some money in there, and so we just went and bought a whole bunch of coats and gloves and hats, and Joel Vestal and his team just drove around, and they literally had this trailer filled with winter clothing, and they just walked up and just handed stuff off to kids and families in need. Isn't that pretty cool? That's like the tangible light and hope of Jesus entering in this time of world. That's what the people of Jesus do to represent the light of Jesus coming into this world. So way to go, church family. I'm super proud of everything that's been able to happen this Christmas season. So if you have a Bible, open it up to John chapter 3. Maybe receive some note sheet on the way in. If not, some things will be up here on the screen. And those of you joining us online, welcome from wherever you're joining us. Your online host will direct you accordingly. I want to reflect for a few minutes on a sentence that the Apostle John wrote that's often not quoted. Of course, the verse prior to this is the most well-known passage in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What's often not discussed is verse 17, which I want to use as a launch point to talk about the willingness of Jesus. So here's verse 17 of John 3, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Paul, Dra Paul David Tripp, he put it this way. I put this quote in your notes. says, the Christmas story is all about this. A willing Savior is born to rescue unwilling people 
from themselves. A willing Savior to rescue unwilling people. That's Christmas. Have you noticed how strong our unwillingness muscle is as a human? Have you noticed that? If you're a parent, you know all about this. All your, most of your kiddos are probably being cared for in our children's ministry uh, downstairs. But like parents, like when you ask the kiddos, hey, could you clean up your room? What's the immediate response sometimes, maybe often? No, I don't want to clean up my room. I like my room the mess that it is. Unwillingness, right? I had a younger brother growing up two, two years younger than I, so when mom would say to me as the older brother, would you stop picking on your brother? Now, mom, I wouldn't say to you directly no, but in my heart I was saying no. I like picking on him. It's fun messing with his world. Unwillingness. Now, as you get a little bit older, your, the strength and the sophistication of your muscle of unwillingness, it grows. Have you noticed? So when your boss says to you, I'd like you to have a conversation with a coworker that you've been in conflict with, and he gives you some guidance on how you have to handle that conversation, and you may quietly in his office give some kind of nod of agreement, and then outside of his or her presence, you decide, I'm not going to do that. Say, no, I'm not going to have the meeting, and instead you're going to act passive-aggressive. You know what that is? That's unwillingness. Or maybe your spouse comes to you and says, you know, we need to talk. And it's one of those comments, if you're married, you know from your spouse, it's the we need to talk, and this is going to require a focus and attention and time, like below-the-surface type talk. You know what I'm talking about? And one spouse looks at the other spouse, it's like, I understand that you want to talk below the surface about these things. I don't want to. <laughs> Unwillingness. Or a friend comes to you and wants to talk to you about something, that, a pattern of behavior, a decision you made, and you're unwilling to admit that you are wrong. Or God taps on your heart and is pushing you to some steps of obedience, and you're unwilling to take those steps. Or the Holy Spirit confronts you about some unhealthy thought patterns going on in your mind, and you're unwilling to invite Him into those and open those up to Him. To be human is to become quite skilled at unwillingness. So here, here's the Christmas narrative. Here's the Christmas narrative. It's a willing Savior coming for an unwilling people. And church, that's real hope. This is the word that the angel spoke to Joseph. He got a little window into the mission that this baby was going to have because Joseph was on Struggle Street, as any of us would be, with Mary's pregnancy and how it was occurring. And they're still in courtship, dating relationships. She's expecting a lot going on inside of Joseph. And then the angel's trying to give him some clarity about the uniqueness of this baby, verse 21 of Matthew 1. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Notice he will. Did you see that? There's the willingness of Jesus. See, Jesus was willing to leave the glory and splendor and majesty of heaven and come to this dark and broken world. 
The songs we sang this morning help ground us in that, do they not? The Savior of the world who has departed from his throne. He was willing to leave that throne. See, Jesus was willing to take on humanity, to come in a frail body that would eventually be executed. He was willing to step into that. He was willing to be dependent on Mary and Joseph to raise him, to provide for him, to care for him. See, Jesus was willing to be fully immersed in this broken world. He was immersed in injustice and evil. He was right here, violence. He was, he was immersed in a world. He was willing to step in to that world. He was, Jesus was willing to do the Father's will no matter the consequences. Jesus was willing. Jesus was willing to be misunderstood and mistreated and mocked. Jesus was willing. Jesus was willing to walk through the pain and the torture and the injustice of his arrest and public crucifixion. He was willing. Started in the Garden of Gethsemane when the ultimate picture of a prayer of willingness of Jesus when he says to the Father, not my will, but yours be done. See, Jesus was willing to lay down his life for an unwilling people. Church, do you see it? You could really kind of wrap the whole redemptive story up in this phrase, the eternal willingness of Jesus. It's, it's really his willingness that makes all the themes of Advent, not just like peace, hope, love, and joy, don't just, don't, those aren't just Advent themes we remember and sing songs about. Because of Jesus' eternal willingness, they can become an experienced and lived reality in our lives because of the willingness of Jesus, which makes, I believe, his eternal willingness something to be worshipped and adored on a day like this. Because without his willingness, uh, we don't have hope. Without his willingness, around two billion people aren't gathering today and tonight and reflecting on his entry and lighting candles. That, no, not without his willingness. It's his willingness that gives us hope for today and tomorrow and for all of eternity. But church, that's, that's not the end of it. I want you to think about this. Because of Jesus' eternal willingness, his advent willingness, because of that, he continues to be willing today. I want you to think about it. His entry then sparked a life that there was really no concept for, an Emmanuel life, a with God life, that right here, right now, Church, you know he's willing to love you and pour out his grace on your life right here, right now. Did you know that right here, right now, Jesus is willing to fight that battle that no one else knows about that you're fighting? That right here, right now, he, he's willing to calm that storm that's raging inside of you. He's willing to do that. that right here, right now, he's willing to strengthen you where you feel in your weakest places. Right here, right now. He's willing to be patient with you as you continue to grow and develop through the winding road of this life. He's willing to teach you by his word and his spirit. He's willing to protect you and guide you and strengthen you and comfort you. He's willing to whisper to you on this Christmas Eve, I am here, you are not alone. We will get through this together. 
This is the eternal willingness of Jesus that wasn't just for he was willing to come back then into the manger. He is still willing to come today and active and present through the Holy Spirit and promised he will return again, which is when we light the candles and we remember the promise that he was willing to come and he will return again one day. It's the eternal willingness of Jesus. This is the Christmas story. It's the ultimate hope for humanity, not resting on people's willingness, but on his. We're in, we're in rough shape if we're going to rest the hope of the world on the willingness of the human heart. Ooh. Because we have a PhD in unwillingness, and we're, for me, I'm a bit of a preschooler in willingness. And by his grace and through his love, he just keeps working with us and never gives up on us because it's about his willingness that brings hope to the unwillingness of humanity. And so this morning, what I thought we'd do is just pause for a moment and just ask you on this Christmas Eve, like, let's reflect a little bit on the inside and just say, where's the contact point this morning between his will and yours? Where's that intersection right now? Where do you feel inside of you that collision between this is what God wants and this is really what I want and where do you feel that? Where do you sense the light of his presence coming and maybe turning and opening some doors and exposing some things and he's saying, I want to deal with some stuff here. I want some stuff cleansed and covered here. Like, where is that place in the heart? Where's maybe the place of resistance Perhaps recently you've been talking to the Lord about you understand and you hear what he's asking or prompting or tugging, and you've been saying you really don't want to. That place of resistance that we get pretty familiar with. The place where you feel yourself like asserting self and resisting him. That. Where's that space? Where's that space in here where your selfishness, you just feels really rising up and clamoring for attention? Where might that be? I'm going to ask John and Ethan to come back up. We're going to lead through a song here in just a minute. And uh, I want you to hold those questions before the Lord as they lead us through a song. But as I draw this to a close, maybe you're, maybe you're Christmas week. Maybe you're going through one of the most gloriously smooth Christmas weeks you've ever had in your life. That around every corner of your life is peace and joy. In every relationship, and every circumstance, it's just filled with peace and joy. Hallelujah. We rejoice with you. Enjoy it. Just know it's probably not going to last. Because life's really hard in a fallen world. Jesus never promised that it would be just kind of peace and joy in your everyday experiences. Actually, what he promised us as his followers was it's going to be really hard. You're going to have a lot of trouble. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be times where you're just kind of grinding it out day by day, just trying to make it to the next hour and the next day. And some of you know all too well about those stages of life. Some of you walking through the first Christmas, having said goodbye to someone you love deeply, and these lights of the candles remind you of a presence. You're just, you're missing someone. You're missing a presence of someone, and this is that space where the eternal willingness of Jesus comes. Because life gets hard when, when you realize your sin nature is really strong, and this world is really broken, 
and fallen, and then you combine that with a really active enemy who's interested in basically stealing away everything God's trying to do in your heart and life, that mixture means this time it's going to get tough. And maybe that's where Christmas Eve this morning finds you. That's where it finds me. I was thinking as I was putting things together, this is my 29th Christmas weekend with you as a church family. And what an honor to say that with you. You know, 29. Some of you remember number one. Swathwood's over here. Some others in the room remember number one. Dragons, maybe. Some of you remember way, way back 29 years ago. Man, we've had some wonderful Christmas experiences together, have we not, church? Some moments where the tangible presence of Jesus was manifested in a way that just took our breath away. I remember, I think it was seven years ago, and it was Richard Michael sitting back there with Pam on the back row. And Richard will tell you his own words, but basically later he told me the story. Basically, Pam drug him to church on Christmas Eve because that's what wives do with some husbands on Christmas Eve, right? And he, will, he could probably tell you which chair back there. But in that Christmas Eve, the light of Christ's presence came and broke into his heart. And a few months later, he's in the waters of baptism, and he was the guy, you remember the story? He's the guy who came up out of the waters with such exuberance. If you don't know who Richard Michaels is, he looks like Santa Claus. He's the one with the long white beard. And the, you're welcome. So he comes up out of the waters like this, just screaming. And then he looks at me and he says, we got to go again. And I said, I said, Richard, no, you're, you're good. No, 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 we're going again. He just pulls me down. We're just going, like, it was a double baptism. We've had some amazing Christmas moments together. Maybe that's this morning for you. Maybe it'll be this evening for many others. But I enter into this Christmas week and thinking, you know, this has been one of the most spiritually intense and relationally challenging Christmas seasons of my 29 years with you. That, and like the it's like a front row seat to the unwillingness of the human heart, mine and others. And where that mixes, whew, and you just get, they just get exhausted. And so, church family, maybe that's you this morning. I suspect I'm not alone in some of those spaces. And I want you to join me as we sing a song together and we let these lyrics kind of sing over our hearts. Here's what, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to ask, just join me in anchoring ourselves this morning on the willingness of King Jesus. I want us to bring whatever layers of unwillingness, sometimes dragging them from the back corridors of our heart and just laying them down at the feet of a king who says, I'm willing. He's just going to join us in our unwillingness. That's like the Christmas story, you know? A willing savior for unwilling people. That's, that's Christmas and that's hope. Not just for the days before, not just for today. That's hope for tomorrow and for all of eternity. That no matter where this morning finds you, I want you to be able to have the eyes of your heart open to see there is a savior who's willing to come to you wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, and say to you, I'm Emmanuel. 
I will help you. And for some of you, this morning might be, this is your response. You're going to engage your will for the first time and say yes to Jesus. And in a moment, I'm going to lead through a prayer, and I, maybe that's for you this morning. It's like, you know what? You've known all about Christmas, but it's, it's time to get personal this morning. And you can willingly surrender your heart to Jesus right now. And for others of you, it's a willing return to something that used to be so central in your life. You remember the days when you used to walk so closely. You remember the Richard Michaels coming up out of the waters of baptism moments in your own journey. You remember when you used to walk with him and pray and seek him and sense his presence. You remember all that, but if you were honest, you're a long ways from that. And you know what? Why not this morning? Why not this morning you just say, I'm going to come home. I'm going to turn around. And you're going to engage your will and say, I will come back. You know, that's the muscle you work when you've been drifting away. You just work the comeback muscle. Just come back. Come back. Or maybe it's opening up some of those spaces of unwillingness that perhaps no one else knows, but you know he knows. And you open those up and anchor to a willing Jesus. Let's pray together. So if you're here and maybe listening online or in the room here and you want to for the first time just say a willing prayer of surrender, you can just say something like this, Lord Jesus, here I am. This Christmas weekend, here I am. And it's really clear to me I desperately need a Savior. And so I bring myself and I say, Lord Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. I need you. I know you died on a cross and rose from the dead. And I give my life right now willingly over to you. Lord Jesus, save me. For others of you, you might be in a space and it's your comeback moment. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I know I've been drifting. I know I've been distracted. I know I've wandered. Got all kinds of reasons for it, but here it is, Christmas weekend, and I just, I want to return. I want to come back. I want to rededicate myself to you. Jesus, just turn my heart back to you. Draw me back to yourself. I'm coming home. And then still others, maybe the Spirit's kind of exposing some places of unwillingness this morning that you've been battling, and right now just... Open those up and lay those down in the presence of a willing Jesus. And hear him say, I know, I see, I'm with you, I will help you. And so Jesus, on this Christmas Eve morning, we just marvel at your eternal willingness to come and enter this world knowing the end point of the story was going to be a cross and then a grave and you would eternally, willingly step into that to give your life that we might find life in you. And so as your people, we offer up to you now a willing act of worship. Sing these lyrics deeply into our soul, we pray in Jesus' name.